Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here's the pitch. And a swing and a high fly ball to right. Ellinger back with room, shy of the track. He'll make the catch. The ball game is over. The Dodgers win. Coming from behind. And the Pirates have slipped seven times in a row with their three to one defeat tonight. Yeah, it's a frustrating one here. I tell you, you know. The highlights of the game are brought to you by High Tech Auto Care. Another frustrating loss for the Pirates. They fall three to one, seven in a row now. They've lost to drop to 12 and 13 on the season. And it's not just that they're losing in bunches right now, it's that they're frustrating losses. It's the way that they're losing, not coming through when you need them to at the plate. The pitching just faltering enough to get these losses. You would think the starting pitching would come through. We talked about it in Pirates preview today that Joe Musgrove is the type of guy you expect to kind of put his foot down. And he did, for the most part, until that seventh inning, which seems to be his bugaboo. And something I want to ask John Wayner and talk with you about right now is that's that extra little inning there for Joe Musgrove. Is that the next step for him to conquer that? Is it just bad luck at times that it's not coming through for him? There's a lot to get through in this game. We look through everything that took place. I mean... The, the base is loaded situation in the eighth inning that they don't come through. You, you look at how that inning started. You get a walk from Cole Tucker, Gregory Polanco, pinch hits with a single, a walk from Adam Frazier, then three straight outs where you get Melky Cabrera, Colin Moran, and Josh Bell. Those are the guys you want at the plate at that situation. That's, that's the best-case scenario what you're looking at. You get the bases loaded and those three guys coming to the plate – but you don't get anything from it. We welcome in John Wayner now. John, there's so much I want to talk to you about with this game, but I think it all stops and sort of starts right now with one run. A lot of these other things don't matter if that's all you're going to put up on the board. Yeah, it's not enough offense. It really isn't. It gives you very little. It actually gives you zero room for <laughs> yeah. error. And um, then when all of a sudden, you know, you make mistakes, Getting four outs in the, in the in the bottom of the seventh. There, uh, I mean that. Yeah, the, the, but but again, I mean, one run a night, two runs a night isn't going to cut it. When you've only scored, you know, I think four runs, eleven games, so basically half, less than half your game, you're not going to win. I mean, they should feel fortunate that their record is where it is. They have six runs over their last six games in part of this seven-game losing streak. It, it, it's not been pretty. But one of the areas I want to focus on with this is the bats we saw not come up for the team when they needed them in that eighth inning. They get the bases loaded. Melky flies out. Colin Moran comes in to pinch hit. He gets out, and then Josh Bell strikes out to end the inning. Is that pressure that these guys are starting to feel? That I think you guys were talking about that during the broadcast, too. Does this start to mount for the guys at the plate a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when you're not scoring runs and then you have opportunities and nobody's coming through in those opportunities, it mounts. Absolutely. And it's, and again, it's, it's tough to hit in that environment, period. I mean, it's bases loaded and nobody out. And, you know, um, you're in the middle of a six game losing streak. 
it's a whole different situation stepping in that batter's box than if you're in a game facing the same guy where it's seven to one. You know, when there's no pressure on, I mean, you're up there, you're relaxed, you're seeing the ball, hitting the ball, reacting what you're seeing. Now, all of a sudden, you got, you know, 50,000 people and, you know, you just gave up a lead and you're down now three to one and you have a situation to get back into it. And and you're going to go up there and you're going to be aggressive and unfortunately too aggressive because Baez was very smart to not throw the ball over the plate, to be very careful and and to work outside the zone. And, and hoping that the aggressiveness from our hitters was going to make them get themselves out. And, and that's basically what it boiled down to. Our guys got themselves out by chasing pitches out of the zone. And, yes, it, it has a lot to do with the pressure. Pirates broadcaster John Wainer joining me after the Pirates' 3-1 to loss. One of the bright spots for most of his day was Joe Musgrove. We'll talk about how it ended for him, but leading up to that seventh inning and things sort of falling apart, what did you see from him, just that outstanding Joe Musgrove, I think, that we've seen for most of the season now? He locates and he challenges and he, you know, lets them put it in play. He doesn't mess around. I think he went through the lineup twice tonight, and I think only through... 60 pitches, facing eight, 18 batters, and, and you know it was it was dominant. It was it was a fastball command. It was changeup. It was flipping up breaking balls and against a very good team. He was outstanding, and it, it's unfortunate, you know, the way things in his last two starts. It's unfortunate the way things went down. I mean, swinging bunts and and bunt hits and bloopers and everything else cost him his last time, and then tonight. You know, got a break when the ball hit the umpire, but then it kind of cost him an out because the next ground ball is the ground ball of the first baseman. But because the runner's on first, you're holding on the runner, and so it goes through the hole, um, which is kind of a bad break. Um, and then you know the the, the the ground ball, the throw to Bell. That to me, that that's an out. That has to be an out. You end up giving up one run. It's still one to one. Um, you don't make that out. They get the two-out triple, which is the backbreaker, you know. And at least you think it's your backbreaker, and then you load the bases with nobody out. And you expect to do something. You know, you expect to at least tie it there. And unfortunate that they couldn't come through. John, I need a moment of levity here because it's frustrating to see this. I'm sure the players are frustrated by it. You mentioned that ball that hit the umpires. uh Sean Barber, I think was his name at first base. Have you ever seen an umpire have such a tough day? I think he had three challenges against him. He lost two of them. He gets hit by that ball and booed by the fans. It was almost like a comedy of errors out there for him. It was the one thing that sort of made me stay sane throughout this game. Yeah, Dodger fans hate Sean Barber. (laughs) They never heard of him before tonight. Now they all know who he is and they hate him. (laughs) They don't like him. You know, Umpires are so good at first base. They are so good at first base. I, I, I honestly believe that they get 98-plus percent of the calls right over there. And, I, and then those three, um, I guess it was two, were, were maybe the worst I've seen. They yeah. weren't really close. From where we're standing, you could tell you know, that, that, that he was safe the first one, he was out the second one, and for him to blow both of those were, was truly amazing to me. And then to get hit <laughs> by a ball <laughs> that gives them at least... 
Oh, I think we might have lost John. We'll see if we can get him back here. There's a couple more things I want to ask him about before we let him go here. So we'll see if we can get him back on the line. Talking about Sean Barber, it was just a rough night. Anytime you're mentioning the umpire by name, you know something went wrong for him. And that's what was happening for him. But you hear John talk about that sort of frustrating sense that the offense not coming through, guys feeling the pressure, and you wonder how that's going to carry over for them now. When does... When do they get to relieve that pressure? What does it take to relieve that pressure? When do they get to that point where how how many bats does it take before they start to breathe a collective sigh of relief? And that's something I'll ask John if we can get him back here. Because that's, to me, what's interesting. The pitching was there again. We'll talk about Joe Musgrove's day. They faced a really, really tough pitcher in Clayton Kershaw. We talked in, in the pregame show about the issues that he had had but he's still a very good pitcher. Maybe he's not Clayton Kershaw of old, but he's still very good. So we'll bring John back in here. John, what did you see from Clayton Kershaw today too? I I didn't know what to expect fully coming into this game, and I left very impressed still by him. You know, he doesn't have the same velocity. I mean, he's throwing 90 miles an hour, but he can spot it up. I mean, he, he can throw it for strikes down in the zone on the edges, and then he goes upstairs for chase, and then you know, the curveball is still sharp, and he, he throws that up there. I still don't think they have a hit off of it this year. And then the slider, um, I don't think you can recognize the slider. It's a hard slider. It's only, you know, three miles an hour or so slower than the fastball, and I don't think they pick up spin. He got a lot of bad swings and misses off it early. Guys started picking it up a little bit. But um, he, he still knows what he's doing. He still has good enough stuff to, to go out there and make it look easy. A couple other things, John, I just, I'll let you go here. I have a couple other questions I wanted to ask you about. We talked about that Cole Tucker and Adam Frazier sort of miscommunication on the ground ball, and it leads to Frazier not being able to make the out at first. Is that a product of two guys that you didn't expect to play together and not having the chemistry out there, or is that just a play that needs to be made? It should be made. I mean, you have to know when you're in the infield where – the infielders are next year with all the shifts and everything else like that. I mean, you're out of position sometimes. I mean, I think they should be which is more common now. They should have an idea, you know, what they're doing out there and, and, and where their guys are. You know, as a first baseman, you should know where the second baseman is. So when you're, when you're shifted over and you got three guys on one side, well, you should know, you know, and for me, Tucker should know that that ball's pretty much hit right at Frazier. Frazier has to move maybe a step or two to his right, where, where Tucker, you know, even though his momentum's taken him to first base, he can probably get there and make the play. But, you know, if, if you have a second baseman standing there, he's not going to give ground. And so, you know, and again, as a second baseman, you shouldn't have to call that. It's hit right to you. And, and if you're Tucker, I, I think it's just one of those things you're, you're concentrating on the ball. But you, you, before the pitch is thrown, you should know where your where your fellow infielders are to where there there isn't miscommunication. There isn't people running into one another. I mean, that's a, a pretty routine play, and, and it has to be made. And unfortunately, Musgrove one pitch later gets out of it. You know, but you know that that one wasn't costly. The the the, the play there in the seventh inning, um, where it almost looked like Tucker had two options to get out. So there is um, what's his name uh, wandered off the bag at second base, but the throw was in time. Um, I didn't see the replay. I don't know if that ball bounced or or, or whatnot. But um, I was shocked that they gave it a hit, and I thought that you know that that that's just the fourth out that they got in that inning that led to the the the, the go ahead and winning runs. 
Pirates broadcaster John Wainer. Last question I'll ask you, John, then we'll let you go. We talked about the pressure that you said the batters are absolutely feeling at times right now. What does it take to relieve that pressure then? Is it one game, one hit, or is it a run of games before they start to feel like that? maybe the monkey's off their back, so to speak? When you're scoring more runs. I think when you're scoring more runs, you don't feel like you have to be the guy. I mean, everybody that goes into the batter's box in those situations feels like, oh, I have to be the guy, or we can't come through in these, and then... You know, uh, you know. I, I think collectively as a group, I mean, they know what they're doing or what they're not doing with runners in scoring position, and so um, you get up there and it's and you're facing, you know, top tier pitchers. So it's not. It, it's always difficult to hit with runners in scoring position. It, it just is because most of the time, the opposing pitcher isn't giving you a pitch to hit. He's going to try to use your aggression against you to get you to go outside the zone. Baez did that wonderfully tonight and then didn't need to throw strikes because we kept chasing pitches out of the zone. And, and, and that is usually where the pressure comes in. Like I said, if it's a 7 1 game and they're facing Baez you know, with nobody on, they're not chasing those pitches because there isn't pressure there. They're, they're just up there taking their normal approach. But. I think when there's adrenaline flowing and you know it's a big situation and, again, collectively as a group, you're not coming up with those hits, I think it mounts. Whereas when people say hitting's contagious, it's usually because guys are getting hits and you're up there more relaxed because it's not like, oh, if I fail, we fail, you know? And, and you know, if I fail, it doesn't matter because we already scored four or five runs. But when you're only scoring one run a game and you're up there and everybody's failing, you don't want to join that cast, you know. You want to be able to come through, but that and, and believe that I think that's where you know the over and and then you end up doing things that you don't normally do, and and, and the 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 the, the at bats with less pressure. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us. I hope the next time we're talking, it's about a win. I feel like they're due for one here, seven in a row now. Yeah, tomorrow afternoon. Hopefully, they can get uh, the old man Rich Hill figure out a way to. To, to get some runs across the board. Well, we'll see. Thank you, John, for joining me. Enjoy the rest of the night out there. All right. Thanks, Craig. Take care. All right. Pirates broadcaster John Wainer joins us. We always have the broadcaster on after the game. It's one of my favorite things we get to do is talk with them to break down these games. And uh, I tweeted out before, it. you're frustrated, I'm frustrated, the players are frustrated. It's just frustration all around when you lose seven in a row. It's tough to take after a while. You You hate to see it. The, the pressure is mounting on them. You wonder when that starts to hit the pitching staff. It may have already. We saw the last three outings before this one. Archer, Tyone, and Lyles start to wilter a little bit, and then you have Archer on the IL now. We'll see how far it goes and when they can get it back together, but seven in a row when you were 12-6 and six and dropped to 12-13. and 13. Frustration is the only word that can be used to describe it. If you want to join the conversation, it's 412-928-9370. Chuck in Uniontown called that number, as he so often does to join us. Chuck, how are you? Good morning, Ralph. I'm just like you. I'm not too good. And, Ralph, first of all, I want to congratulate you on your passionate dissertation. You know, after my phone call was gone last night, I sent your frustration, as I do, too. I mean, you really... Sometimes, sometimes you have to have a soft hand with the team, and sometimes you got to scourge. And, it, and it, you know, this stuff is just getting disgusting, game after game. But anyway, uh, tonight, uh, I think in the top of the eighth inning, that 
more than by, just as much, if not more than bias. I think what was beating the Pirates is the concept of losing six games in a row, losing seven in a row in Dodger Stadium. They're trying to go up and hit a. T- they're, they're trying to go up there with the bases loaded. Their their eyeballs get big. They're trying to hit a a ten run homer, and you can't do that. But if I have to point to one thing, Ralph, I think the the, the tone of that inning started to turn on the first pitch to Cabrera. Now, now, Moran and Bell are youngsters, but Melky Cabrera is a veteran. Uh, he probably figured, you know, uh, with the bases loaded, Baez is going to try to get the first pitch in the strike zone. But still, with the bases loaded and nobody out, take a pitch, take two pitches, three, Make him pitch. Make him throw it into the zone. Don't go, you know, that's just, that's just, that's just being too anxious. But I do want to say one thing in defense of Musgrove. In the bottom of the seventh inning, that play between Tucker and Bell, it was not made, you know, when Bell dropped the ball. For goodness sakes, if that's a base hit, I'm going to be elected Pope tomorrow morning. <laughs> the Los Angeles Dodgers should be ashamed of themselves. Their official score. That's an error. Moscow shouldn't be tagged with those runs. That may be one, Chuck, and thanks so much for the call. I always appreciate it. That may be one that gets challenged and overturned in the next couple of days as the team takes a look at it because they talked about in the broadcast that there's no way that's a hit. You mentioned Melky Cabrera and... It triggered something in my mind. It's something that I've harped on so far this season. We've heard Clint Hurdle say it. John Wayner referenced it. It is a very small margin of error for this team to win games. And you go back to that seventh inning. They had runners first and third. And they hit a ball to fairly deep right field. Deep enough that when Melky's getting ready to field it, John Wayner on the broadcast on the radio side was going throw to second, throw to second, throw to second. Because he had no chance at the runner going home. He throws home. The runner goes to second. And that goes back to something we talked about last night. And Clint Hurdle mentions all the time, you can't give up free bases. And that is what they characterize as a free base, a poor decision that allowed a guy to move up 90 feet. And when your your margin of error is as small as theirs is, particularly right now where your depth is completely shot because of injuries, you're playing with guys that you didn't even expect to be here now. That's a play that you need the veteran guy in Melky to make. I, I understand the Cole Tucker, Adam Frazier miscommunication should never happen. At least you can try to write that off as young guys learning their positions at the major league level. Frazier, his first chance at being an everyday second baseman. Cole Tucker's first chance in the majors. You can somewhat excuse that, even though I don't really. But there is a way to rationally think that through in your head. To me, there's no way Melky should be making that throw home. And it's just another instance of them not making the little plays right now that they were making when they did get themselves to 12-6. and six. But we'll keep taking your calls at 412-928-9370. Chris out in King of Prussia. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, how you doing, Craig? First off, voice of an angel. <laughs> um, I just, I'd like, you know, I'd like to know your opinion, you know, with the Pirates' bases loaded, no outs. I mean... I kind of in my head had a suspicion they weren't going to score. I didn't know what your opinion was. Like, just as a fan, me and my buddies, you know, watching a game, you know, that's what we were thinking. But just 
just a little heads up. I did Google Joe Musgrove. He pitched one heck of a ball game. I will give him that against the Hall of Famer. And he's still wearing a Houston hat when I did Google him. And I think it's a little bit of disrespect. <laughs> just, I'm going to hang up. I just want to listen to your opinion. And you know, thanks for doing a great job. Thanks for the call, Chris. I appreciate it. That is kind of funny that if you really Google Joe Musgrove, it's still a Houston hat. Like That is disrespectful. But the you go back to the bases loaded situation. So it's the eighth inning. Cole Tucker leads off with this with a walk. Then you pinch hit Gregory Polanco. You get the single. Adam Frazier walks. Melky Cabrera comes up and flies out to left, not deep enough to drive anything in. I expect, again, this sort of goes back to what I said about Melky in the field. A veteran guy in that situation, Melky is hitting 303 on the year. He's one of the few bats I look at in this lineup and feel confident in at all at any given time. And he doesn't come through there. That hurts. Then Colin Moran pinch hits. And it's interesting, Colin Moran, a really good professional pinch hitter. It's one of the things he's he does extremely well, in my opinion, is, is a pinch hitter coming into the game. He's always ready for those situations. So I think, again, okay, Melky didn't get it done. M- Moran off to a hot start to the year, known even last year where he didn't have a great year as a good pinch hitter. He should come through here. But you know what? Okay, if he doesn't, Josh Bell's going to come up. Josh Bell will get it done. It was not even a week ago he was leading the league with batting average with runners in scoring position. Now, all of a sudden, his numbers are dropping. He's 0 for 4, a strikeout tonight down to 270, and then he strikes out in that situation too. Josh Bell is not a guy that I think wears his heart on his sleeve very often. He slammed his bat after that at bat, and rightfully so. He knows in that situation, the cleanup hitter, game on the line, bases loaded, two outs, you have to come through. And we talked about it going into this series. Had one of the Dodgers beat writers on before yesterday's game asking him, tell me about this team. Tell me about their starting pitching. Tell me what I'm going to see from each of the guys in this series. Tell me about the bats. It looks like a lot of guys are hot. Tell me who's not. Let's look at the bullpen. Is that maybe somewhere they can get to them? And that's what he said. The bullpen is your chance against this Dodgers team. Very hit or miss. That was the report on this team from their own beat writer, that if you're going to get to them, that's your best chance. Well, they they throw out three relievers. Ferguson comes in, gives up a hit, two walks. They bring in Baez. He goes the full inning, one strikeout. Jansen comes in, gets his ninth save, a clean one inning. They don't get to them either then. So it is frustrating. From the fan perspective, it is very frustrating to me to watch that. And I, like I said, I opened the show and said, frustrating for me, frustrating for you, frustrating for the players. John Wayner confirmed it. They are squeezing that bat tight right now. They're feeling the pressure. And I don't know when they're able to stop that feeling from happening, but they need it sooner rather than later because you've just gone from 12-6 and six to 12-13 and 13 in the blink of an eye, and you went from first in the division to fourth, and the Reds breathing down your neck now too. It's frustrating. We'll keep taking your calls at 412-928-9370. We're going to hear from manager Clint Hurdle. We'll get the audio back from him and turn that around for you as soon as we can. I suspect we'll also hear from Joe Musgrove. We have Mike in Newcastle. Go ahead, Mike. How you doing tonight, Craig? Uh, I've been better, Mike. <laughs> so how you doing with your first uh, – this is your first year being uh, the post-game manager. How you doing with your first uh, seven-game losing streak? Yeah, I don't I, – I, I think professionally I hope I'm handling it well. Personally, the fan inside of me is not taking it well. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, very disappointing. And 
Unfortunately, if you want to win a baseball game, you have. I always believe you. You there's three things you can do. You can pitch, you can hit, and you can field. You have to do two of the three things uh, well to win a baseball game. Obviously, they pitched well enough to win, but neither fielding or hitting they did well enough. And obviously, they didn't hit tonight. But they were terrible in the field. It, it, it was so many circus acts uh, going on, and even like uh, I think it was the fourth inning when uh, Musgrove should have been out of the inning uh, when Cole Tucker uh, ran into Cole Tucker overran that. I know that seemed harmless at the time because Musgrove got out of it. But the problem is you keep turning the lineup over and you keep getting that one more guy up, and the, and that that hurts you in the end, unfortunately. When you keep doing that and you keep giving teams extra outs, even though you think one inning the pitcher gets out of it, you just keep moving the lineup going, and that make that gives the team better odds of winning. That's just my opinion. Well, Mike, you're right. I mean, just in general, giving another team an extra out is going to hurt you. For this team, it's going to cripple you. There, I, I keep saying it over and over again, but it's because it's so true. The margin of error for this team barely exists. I, I asked John Wayner about it. I said, all these issues we're talking about right now, but you know what? When you only score one run, what does any of it matter? Because that's all you have to focus on. He said, yeah, your margin of error when you only score one run, the margin for error is zero. There is no room for error. You can't give up anything. And we look at it, they're not scoring runs throughout this losing streak. And it's getting worse as we go on here. And hopefully they'll start to get some guys back. But right as you start to think that, like we did with Corey Dickerson, he now has a setback. So, yeah, it, it is frustrating when they give extra outs, especially since this team of all teams can't afford to be doing that. Oh, absolutely. We definitely can't afford to be giving extra outs. And I know our team, your team's based on pitching, not the offense. Well, that offense has to go out and, that, and be your fielders, too, and they need to contribute one way or another. They can't. Your, the lineup has to contribute somehow to you, whether it's, on, whether it's in the field or in the lineup. You can't just absolutely give nothing and expect to win. That's just going to win you nothing. I don't care who's on the mound, if it's Seaver, if it's uh, Nolan Ryan, if it's Roger Clemens. If their offenses are, uh, slash builders didn't give them anything, they wouldn't win any games. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Mike, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Thank everybody who stayed up so far, called in, listening to the show out there. I appreciate it. It, it is frustrating. We talk about this lineup. I'm, I'll just run you down this lineup right now. Adam Frazier goes one for three. He's hitting 265. Melky one for four, still hitting 303. Like I said, he's one of the guys I still put a lot of confidence in. Here's a major problem for this team next. Jung Ho Gung 0 for three, hitting 169. That is a monster problem because it's not just that he's hitting 169, which isn't going to get you anywhere. It's that he's hitting third tonight, and I don't know where else you're really going to hit him because who else are you going to move up there? I have one guy, and I'll tell you when we get to him who I think needs to move up this lineup, at least while he's hot right now, because that's what they're going to have to do realistically. I know they have ideas if they want Jung Ho Gung high in the lineup, maybe fifth, no lower than I think ever at sixth, but right now he's hitting third because Polanco had the night off. That's fine. You can't be sacrificing these games right now. You have to go with what's working right now. So I'll tell you who that guy is. We'll keep going down. Josh Bell, 0 for 4, hitting just 270 right now. And I've said it before, and it still applies. This team will only go as far right now as he carries them because he, he has been their offense to start the year. 
his stats are what carried them. When they were winning games, it was because instead of scoring one run, they were maybe scoring three or four because he was driving in more. He has six home runs and 18 RBIs. Without those stats, and he's had this recent stretch here where he's dropped off, they're not going to be able to keep up with teams, and that's where you're seeing them score one run, which they're not going to win like that. Francisco Sorelli 0 for 4, hitting 175. That's not going to cut it. Next is the guy I think right now needs to shoot up in this lineup. He was just one for four tonight, but Brian Reynolds is hitting 400. It is in a crazy small sample size One for er, the, for what he's done so far, saying he's hit 400. But you know what? I've liked what I've seen from his approach and what he's done, and he is still hitting 400. And right now you have a guy ahead of him hitting fifth. It's hitting 175. You got Gung Jung. <laughs> Oh, man, this late-night game is getting to me. Jung-ho Gung hitting 169. There are guys up there that aren't doing anything. So at least give Reynolds a chance to jump up there and see what he can do. Behind him, Pablo Reyes starts tonight. He's actually 1-for-3, 333 in this game, and he's still just hitting 121 on the season. So that's a 169 in Gung, a 175 in Cervelli, a 121 in Pablo Reyes. Cole Tucker hitting 222, but he's your 8-hitter. He's a young guy. I, I don't fault him that. But this is the problem, too, that you keep coming back to, the runs and not getting them. So much of it is because of the injuries. So you talk about frustrating. The performance on the field right now is frustrating, but just the things that are out of their control. These guys just getting banged up and not being here. And then when you think somebody's going to come back, you lose somebody else. You think Dickerson's going to come back, he has a setback. You think Lonnie Chisenhall is close to coming back, he has a setback. He broke his hand, now he hurt his leg, which he had leg injuries last year. So when is this guy going to get healthy? Who knows? Now your pitching staff is affected by it. Chris Archer is now hurt too. Keep taking your calls at 412-928-9370. Go ahead, Steve in Finleyville. Good evening, good evening, sir. Thank you for uh, taking the call. No problem. Um, Thanks for staying first, up and calling. No problem. Um, I just, this is the first time I've called since you've uh, become the new host of the show. Congratulations on it. Man. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. It's, um, like, I, I noticed last week it was, you know, I'm not trying to pick or nothing, but high and low, they were 12 and 6 in first place. Everybody was happy. The pitching was good. Joe Musgrove was really good again tonight. And I think you're going to get a lot of good performances out of him. He seems to re- really have it. He's a good pitcher, a gritty guy. He's just going to fight and, and get you get the job done for you. But um, this offense, it is what it is, man. This is what they're going to do. They're going to not hit more than that, than when they were 12-6. and six. It was a good start. I'm as big a fan of the logo and, and the players, for that matter, too. I I got issues with the, with the front office. I always have, man. And it's that he built this team this way. This is a team that doesn't field very well. Melky Cabrera has played too much already, and I know his bat's hot, but that's because you just listed the guys that are hitting like two oh two, two twenty. It's it's tough to win like that. You have to be perfect in the field. And they're just not that good fielders. I mean, I'm not going to pick on Greg Polanco. He did work quick to get back, man. He got racked up last year. But it's it's the same old mistakes. It's the same old stuff. And he's not, unfortunately, he's not really all that much different than a lot of the other players. We yell at him more because we expect more from him. But maybe that's our fault as fans. Maybe these guys just aren't. 
ever going to be more than what they are. It's, I'm sure they're trying. I'm sure they're frustrated, but I don't know, man. Yeah, it's Steve, I hear you. Anymore. It is very frustrating. Thank you so much for the call. It, it, frustration is the only word you can use right now. And you know what? I don't feel like that's talking like out of school or out of turn here or anything. I don't know anybody in the Pirates organization that wouldn't tell you they're not frustrated right now. Neil Huntington, I'm sure, is frustrated because imagine being him right now, having to move pieces around and call all these guys up and deal with these injuries. Imagine being Clint Hurdle, who at one point in the game, I was asking, why weren't they pinch hitting for Pablo Reyes? It, it, it was two outs, and I think it was Reynolds on second. And, and I thought, why not pinch hit for Reynolds? Kershaw's still on the mound at this point. Well, you look at the bench, and your answer is there. They had all lefties on the bench other than Elias Diaz, and you're not going to use your emergency catcher like that. They had Polanco, Shuck, Moran, and Martin. That's your bench right now. That for The small margin of error, let's circle it back to that. To win with a small margin of error, you need to be hitting on all cylinders as best as you can. And when that's your bench, that is a major component of your team that is not where it needs to be to be competitive against the better teams in baseball, especially when you're facing a Clayton Kershaw on the mound. We talk about this pitching matchup today. It lived up to expectations. Zero home runs hit in this game. The home run report brought to you by Flynn's Auto Service, your hometown tire and auto service experts. Joe Musgrove was really good until he wasn't in the seventh inning. And that's been the book on Joe Musgrove this early part of the year. Really good, but that seventh inning has been a problem. It's maybe where we try to see him take that next step in his career to become the next level of pitcher from where he is now. It's also he's a young guy trying to figure out how to pitch deep into games maybe when his best stuff isn't there. But he's probably gripping the ball tighter. I imagine all the pitchers are, just like the batters are feeling the pressure. This has me weighing on everybody. They were really riding high in that clubhouse when they were home before the Diamondback series. And now it'll be interesting to see when they come back after this series and then the one with the Rangers, how they're taking this, if they're taking it in stride or if it's really wearing on them. I can't imagine that it's not. So it'll be interesting to see how they get through this. I want to hear from manager Clint Hurdle. That's going to come up next. We'll hear his explanation of what happened, what he saw from his seat in the dugout today. Stick with us on the Pirates postgame show. We'll hear from Clint Hurdle coming up next. Bell batting with the bases loaded. Two outs. Pirates down to eighth inning. One-two from Baez. Swaying in the middle. He chased well out of the zone upstairs. And the Pirates, who had the bases loaded, nobody out. Failed to score here in the eighth. Yeah, that's just some bad, uh, bad at-bats right there. Yes, they were, and that could have been the break of the game, brought to you by Leon's Billiards and more in Wexford or online at leonsbilliards.com. But it wasn't because they didn't come through with the bases loaded. We go back to that eighth inning, that highlight there that came to us. It came about because of a Cole Tucker leadoff walk, a Gregory Polanco pinch hit single, and Adam Frazier walk to load the bases. Then Melky flies out. An infield fly by Colin Moran, which was hilariously dropped. And John Wainer even, they, they were wondering at first if maybe it was dropped intentionally to test Cole Tucker at third base to see if he would move or what he would do. But it, it, when you saw the look on the third baseman's face, it was obvious that, <laughs> that Justin Turner did not intentionally do that. But it doesn't matter. An out's an out on an infield fly. And then, as you heard there, Josh Bell reaching on the strikeout. It, it, it's a tough way to lose this game. But there's other times you can go back and look and see that they could have maybe done more. I go back and look at the third inning. Pablo Reyes leads off with a single Cole Tucker strikeout. Joe Musgrove, his sacrifice gets him to second. And then Adam Frazier with the RBI single. 
he ends up on first. Melky then singles. So you got runners on first and second. Yes, two outs, but it's early in the game. You're trying to get to Kershaw. Sort of like yesterday. They got to Ryu in the first inning, but didn't get to him enough. You had a chance there, and, and you have to take your chances when you have them against good pitchers. First and second, two outs. Like I said, I know it's two outs, but that's the type of play that could have been the difference in this game. One hit there at least brings in a second run in that inning, and this game looks very different. And then who knows? You get Josh Bell up after that. That would have moved Melky over to at least second, if not third with two outs. Maybe he gets a hit, and things start to roll for you. But that's just not the way it's going for the Pirates as they fall again, a 3-1 loss. They've lost seven in a row. They're now 12-13 and on the season after being in first place in 12-6. and It's frustrating, the word I keep going back to over and over again because there's just no other way to describe it. We'll take more of your calls at 412-928-9370 if you want to join the conversation. But I want to hear from manager Clint Hurdle right now and what he had to say about this game. So we'll hear that, we'll react to it, and I'll take your calls after as well. Let's hear from Clint. Clint, how do you feel for Joe just to pitch so well and have the result be what it is in a night like tonight? Well, he, he was our guy tonight. I mean, the touch and feel he had throughout the game, the rhythm, the attack, um, and the inning. You know, the only hard hit ball was the last one, unfortunately. Um, spun the ball extremely well, challenged hitters with a fastball, moved it around. I think he was nine guys retired, three pitches or less. His first pitch strikes were at a high percentage, only one one walk. Uh, and I think you know, I think there was a play to be made for us in the seventh inning. We could have got out of that inning. He retired Peterson the previous two times. Did he earn a chance to get out of that inning? I gave him the ball, earned a chance. Yeah, I think so. What leads to a decision like that? Just his body work on that particular night? His body of work, it's the seventh inning. Um, I just felt the the energy he was bringing. And we've kind of passed the baton a couple times on him in the past. It didn't work. He was fresh. He had pitches. So I thought I thought he had uh, quality stuff. To He was the guy. Are you seeing guys getting big with the bases loaded? What are you seeing with bases loaded this season? I, I'd have to look at it. And I don't want to... Right now, I'm on a side view, so we didn't get the job done. We had bases loaded, no outs, and it's hard to win games in this league now. In today's game, scoring one run, so we had an opportunity to uncork something there for us, uh, and then we had three shots at it and came up with nothing. I know it's never a good idea to get frustrated in this game, but is it starting to maybe get a little frustrating when it's been the offensive for a week now? Frustration is not going to help, though. People get frustrated all the time. You ever been in traffic? Does it help when they honk your horn? Frustration doesn't help. We need to find answers. We need to find continue to work um, and continue to encourage them to maybe try something different um, or uh, look at it different. You know, because we continue to, to talk about the pitchers, the one uh, in the jam. And we're still hunting something we want to hit. So I'll have to sit back, see what pitches we swung at, see where the balls were. Were we outside of our zone? Were we sticking to our game plan off a guy like Baez? Or, or did we complicate things? It's tough from our vantage point and on the replays to see what happened with Servi. Was he okay after the play at the plate? He's fine. He got elbowed um, coming through with the, with the runner coming through trying to, trying to score. Hence the challenge. For yeah, okay. just seeing if he got out of a lane and caused, caused a problem. Did that feel like a cheap shot or unnecessary with a guy who could have probably worked his way around? 
Uh, we'll talk about it internally. There's no need to share it publicly. Games like this, when you see Kershaw, Joe, one nothing through six, I mean, what's it like to manage those games and just, you know, as you're seeing it unfold, what's transpiring in your end of the day? Oh, it's a great seat. Talked about it all the time. It's the best seat in the house to watch a game. I was telling these guys, uh, my first year in the National League, uh, we got to run back here and got to see Goodman and Valenzuela on a Friday night back when Fernando Mania was pretty, pretty good, pretty big. It didn't get any better than that. Uh, this was electric tonight. The crowd was electric. There was good atmosphere. Those two guys were spinning zeros in the plate and competing very well. Musgrove's been so good all season. It's nice to see his consistency. Even Kershaw in a full house, he seemed unfazed on him. He's he's uh, he's very collected. He's a fierce competitor. He expects a lot out of himself. Uh, he pours into his teammates. Man, he is an absolute pleasure to coach and to have on a club. That's Pirates manager Clint Hurdle. A lot to unpack there. The first thing I'm going to tackle, though, he was asked about frustration, and I get from his perspective, you don't want to get frustrated because, like he said, what good does that do you and what good does that do for the players? One thing I am greatly going to disagree with him on, he said you get frustrated in traffic, but what good does it do honking your horn? I find that to be incredibly relieving of frustration. A little, like, not road rage, but uh, letting out that frustration? I don't know what world Clint Hurdle is in. But to me, honking the horn at some moron in traffic? Yeah, that does relieve frustration, actually. So I'm going to disagree with him on that. But I, I can appreciate where he's coming from, saying that he can't get frustrated because what good will it do? It's not going to help. He's encouraging guys to look at things differently. And, and my... If I was telling them what to do, I'd say, hey, like, you want to look at things differently? Uh, just do the exact opposite, because what we're doing right now, really not getting the job done. We're 0 for 16 with runners in scoring position. Pull a George Costanza and do the opposite of whatever your gut tells you to do, because it's not going to hurt at this point. More things that he talked about, leaving Musgrove in, that is interesting to me, because Clint Hurdle constantly gets crushed for pulling pitchers too soon. And I get that. And now... He leaves his guy in, and he doesn't get the job done, and he's going to get crushed for maybe leaving him in. But one thing I will say, it is fair right now. You want to allow Musgrove the opportunity to pitch deep into the game. You want to develop him as a pitcher. That's part of the process is he just has to learn how to do it, and you only learn by doing it. I get that. But you're also in a stretch right now where your bullpen has thrown nine and a third straight shutout innings. You need wins. You can't win anything this time of year. You certainly can lose things this time of year. And a seven-game losing streak is really going to hurt you later on if you have any real aspirations of being maybe in a wild card race at the end of this year, which when they were 12-6, and six, that's what we were talking about. It's a team that could fight for something like that. And now they're 12-13, and 13 and you don't feel that way. It's the ebbs and flows of a season. But maybe this isn't the time to keep Musgrove in there. I know he was pitching well, and this is total second-guessing. But that bullpen has been really strong lately. We saw it again from them tonight. Liriano comes in, gets just the one out, but it's a strikeout. Then Kyle Crick, he had the bad luck couple of outings, but he's back, looked like himself again. One inning, one walk, one strikeout. Keone Kella has been better in his last couple of outings. Richard Rodriguez has been better. Felipe Vasquez is absolutely lights out. That is a situation where I would not have begrudged Clinton Hurdle if he pulled his starter for as often as he is criticized for pulling his starters like that, this isn't a situation where I, w I would have been like, ah, I don't know, Clint. 
I don't know if I'd go to the bullpen here with Joe Musgrove going the way he was, but who knows? If the bullpen would have wiltered and given up their first run in a while, people probably would have said that I should have left Musgrove in. Here he goes, pulling him again too soon. So you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. That's a situation where I would have been okay when you look at the recent games from this bullpen and what you've gotten from them. It's been pretty positive. I would have been more than okay turning it over to them. Coming up, we're also going to hear from Joe Musgrove on this star. I'd be interested to hear how he's taking this performance, how he's how he's grading himself or judging himself. I'm sure nobody is tougher than himself on this. We have Jim in Uniontown. We'll take his call. If you don't join the conversation, 412-928-9370. Go ahead, Jim. How you doing? I'm all I right. I call you Chris. I don't think – but anyhow, the Pirates have no defense at all. Do you know they have – their best three defenders they have – None of them are playing. You have Marte, you have Gonzalez, and you have Corey Dickerson. Dick. Yeah, you Dickerson and Marte, both Gold Glove guys. Yeah, that's that's it. I mean, six of these uh, these guys. I, I mean, I'm not knocking the young boy, from, uh, uh, Tucker. You know, mm-hmm. the third the third baseman, the second baseman, and I don't know about Bill. I, uh, I'll give he, Bell this. The any, glove has been better. I don't think there's any team in the major leagues. I mean, it's just, I, anyhow, <laughs> what do you think about that? Well, it, it is one of those things. Thanks, Jim, for staying up with us and calling, and I appreciate you listening to the show. Um, defense is a major part of the game in baseball. It, it, you have your offense, you have your pitching in defense. It has to hold up its end of the bargain. This is a team that I was worried about coming into the season defensively, and that's when everybody was healthy. Felt good about Marte. Felt good about Dickerson. I've never felt confident about Gregory Polanco as an outfielder. He he makes plays that just leave you baffled. We've seen a couple in the last few games. Last night, he bobbled a ball in the outfield that gave up a free base. More free bases, like Clint Hurdle said, they can't be giving up. Against Arizona, he bobbled a couple down the right field line. His arm is not at 100%, so he has to make up for it by being quick with the ball. That's going to cause problems because he's not good fielding it to begin with. Josh Bell, I'm feeling better about his glove at first base. He's just making the plays that are there rather than trying to do too much, which obviously you would prefer to have a first baseman that can do it all. That's not the reality of the situation. This is what they have. He's staying within himself. Adam Frazier will make the plays that are hit to him. I don't love his range. Third base, Jung Ho Gung, I actually thought, played a really good defensive third base tonight. He made some really nice plays over there. When he's not out there, if you want to put the bat in the lineup of Colin Moran, which is hotter than Gung's, which, I mean, anybody's bat in comparison to Jung Ho Gung's is going to look hot right now, you're going to sacrifice even more defense to put Moran out there. Cole Tucker, I feel pretty good about I, what we've seen so far. A couple bobbles here and there. No real huge mistakes. There was the one between him and Frazier today, which was a miscommunication in the shift. I feel okay about that. But no, overall, you're right that... It was a defense I was worried about coming into the season, and now that you're playing with even more backups, there's even more to be worried about with it. We'll keep the conversation going, talk about that, but up next, want to hear from Pirates starter Joe Musgrove on what he thinks about the outing he had. That's up on Pirates postgame here on The Fan. The pitch is swung on, hit off Musgrove, trickling toward third. Gung recovers, throws the first to still get the out. That was a very nice play by Jung Ho Gung. That was a nice play, and that is our good hands defensive play of the day, brought to you by Roberto Clemente Jr. Family Insurance. Craig Riley, back with you for fan reaction. If you want to give us a call, it's 
928-9370. We have one more award that we give out here each post game. It's to the most valuable hitter. Um, boy, I'm struggling with that one right now. I, I, I mean, by default, I guess you have to give it to Adam Frazier. One for three, a walk as well, and drove in the lone run of the game. Like, that's not a bad performance. I'm okay, I guess, giving it to him. You'd hope for more to choose from. But we, we make Adam Frazier our most valuable hitter, brought to you by the Orthopedic Institute in Monongahela Valley Hospital, putting your health first. The Pirates, though, another frustrating loss. 3-1 losers to the Dodgers. They've lost seven in a row. They're now 12-13. and They've scored 12 runs total in this seven-game losing streak. We keep coming back to that small margin of error for them to win games. 12 runs in seven games, you have no chance then. The margin for error is shot at that point. You're not even scoring two runs a game. You're not going to win if you're any team in this league, let alone one that is as built on pitching as this team is. And we look at the night Joe Musgrove had a a very good night. Six and two-thirds, seven hits, three runs, all earned a walk, and five strikeouts. And which, as I said, I realized five strikeouts – the over-under for him was five strikeouts, and I said under, so that's a push. The easy one of the night was Kershaw, five and a half, said over on that one. He had eight. I think he had over the five and a half through like four innings. But Joe Musgrove talked after the game. We wanted to hear what he had to say. So let's hear from Pirates starter Joe Musgrove now. Joe, how do you describe just the range of emotions that pitch so well, and unfortunately the scoreboard ends up where it does tonight? Yeah, um, this is a tough stretch we're going through right now. As a starting pitcher, you know, I embrace the challenge. Um, you know, it's my turn to go out there and, and set the tone and, you know, try and control the game. And um, I came one out short of that tonight. How, um, what is it like as you're trying to battle your way through that seventh inning, you know, and they're thinking and doinking, you really only hard hit ball was a ground ball triple and up going mm-hmm. all the way to the wall that took them ahead 3-1. Um, can you tell us about how that ending transpired from your point of view? Yeah, um, I thought I was still making pitches. Um, I was able to put them on the ground like I'd been doing all game. Uh, they were just able to sneak them in, I mean, right down the line, right over the bag, um, and then one right through the, that four hole. Um, I think the big pitch of the night was was the one that Peterson, obviously. Um, I had felt good with that pitch. We had um, commanded the inside part of the plate well to the lefties. Um, that kind of set up everything for the whole day, me being able to use my sinker away and the changeup. Um, just didn't really get it to the spot, you know, ran over the middle of the plate, and that's what I'll do with those pitches. You enjoy competing as much as anyone, really, that we've seen in a long time. You're going up against one of the best ever in Clayton Kershaw. What's it like when you're throwing up zeros through six? You know, and we, uh, the Pirates score the one run, but still it's back and forth. Yeah, I mean, that's how I treat my starts. You know, I, I figure if I can outlast the other starter, um, I'm doing something right. You know, I'm putting myself in a good position. Um, so I've had some good competition the last couple starts. Um, you know, going up against guys that are putting up good numbers, and it's, it's a fun battle. I mean, it, it keeps me locked in. It keeps me focused. And... Um, I appreciate the challenge. Do you also appreciate the faith when showed when you have a shot at Peterson there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's had good numbers against me in the past. Um, but I, I controlled the, the game today, and that's a situation where going looking back at it, you know, I, I could second-guess myself all day, but I had, had a good fastball today. My forcing was true for the most part. I sinker was good. Um, and the pitch that he hits is the pitch I'm ultimately trying to set him up you know, for something else, and I don't get it to the spot that I need to, and, and he does damage on it. Um, so it's really tough. But look at the day as a whole. You know, as a starting pitcher, if we can go out and we can put up outings like that, we're going to win a lot more of those games than we're going to lose. So um, just try to be consistent with, with our performances, and I think we're going to end up on the winning side of more, more than not. That's uh, kind of where I was going with the next question. 
is there a degree of difficulty knowing that you still put up a quality start just regardless of the way the seventh inning went down? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you know, it's it's hard to walk away and still feel good about it. You know, I, I don't like losing, and regardless of whether I go seven innings shut out and we lose, or I go three innings and give up ten and lose, um, losing sucks. So, especially when we're on a on a streak like this. Um, you know, I wanted to be the one to go out and put a stop to it, and I was I was doing that for the most part. But like I said, it came up and I was short. As much as I'm sure you try not to, is it? Do you feel any extra pressure when the offense is going through a little bit of a slump here? Not really. I mean, honestly, that 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 motivates me even more. Um, it keeps me sharp, keeps me on my game when I go out there, and I know that runs are hard to come by right now for us. Um, I think it brings me to another level. So, um, you know, it's nice to go out and have a cushion, but. At the same time, you know, my job is to go out there and pitch and not give up runs. So um, when we're not scoring any, my job is to go out and not give up any. And um, I feel like I've been doing that pretty well. That Kershaw liner that got you on the leg was like 100 miles per hour off the bat. Did that impact you at all? Yeah, it hurt a lot. <laughs> um, it hurts more now than it did in the game, but uh, I was just glad we were able to get an out out of it. You know, it would have sucked to take him off the shin and, and not get the out. But uh, I don't think it was Jung Ho or Tucker. I don't remember who made the play, but they were right on it. So. That where it caught you right on the shin? Yeah, I was on the outside of the shin, but I didn't really feel much of it during the game. As soon as I came out, it started tightening up, and now it's getting pretty stiff. <laughs> I, got, I got four days, five days to, to get it right, so it'll be good. That's Pirates starter Joe Musgrove saying all the right things and exactly what you want to hear from him. Talked about it being the tough stretch that they're going through, embracing the challenge. Going through that seventh inning, he said he thought he made the pitches, got the grounder. Still, they just found holes. He felt good even about the uh, hit that Peterson had against him, the triple. And that's what Clint Hurdle said. The one hard hit ball all day was the last one. What I really like to hear from him was it was mentioned he had a quality start, but he doesn't walk away from it feeling good about it because, like he said, losing sucks. He hates it. I love to hear the mentality of a guy like Joe Musgrove. It's why Joe Musgrove is one of my favorite players on this team. He just takes that attitude about it that, you know what, I had a good outing, but it doesn't matter. It wasn't good enough. And he says he doesn't feel pressured by the lack of offense. He's more motivated by it. That's great. I I truly hope that that's how he feels. But at some point, this pressure, John Wayner said the bats are absolutely feeling it. 0 for 16 with the bases loaded, and they're not coming through right now. It's only a matter of time before that pitching staff starts to feel it. But we wrap things up. We'll take a look at tomorrow's matchup. Trevor Williams, we've now made it through this rotation. Seven-game losing streak. Trevor Williams will get his turn to try and put an end to it. One and one, a 259 ERA, 21 strikeouts on the season. He goes against Rich Hill, making his 2019 debut more than a month he after he strained. It was his left knee after throwing in a uh, spring training game. So we'll see what they get out of Rich Hill. But, I mean, let's not fool ourselves. Rich Hill's still a really good pitcher. 2017 with the Dodgers, a 332 ERA in 25 starts. Last year with the Dodgers, 24 starts, a 3.66 ERA. So it's not getting any easier. And now you're going a night game into a day game, so you're not sure what you're going to get with that lineup. I'd expect Gregory Polanco to be back in it tomorrow. He wasn't tonight, so that'll help. But I'm guessing like a guy like Melky's not going to play, and that's been your most consistent bat all season long. So it's going to be tough. It's a seven-game losing streak. They lose this one. It's up to eight. They'd be down to 12 and 14 and be swept two straight series in a row. And then you're still on the road heading down to Texas to take on the Rangers. A rough, rough stretch of games. A frustrating stretch of games for the Pirates. But we'll be back with you tomorrow. 210 Pirate Preview will begin. We'll lead you into the Neil Huntington show as well tomorrow. It'll be interesting to hear what he has to say about how things are going. Thanks for sticking with us through the game. 
Pirates, like we said, 3-1 loss tonight, 7 in a row, now 12-13 and on the season. I'll talk to you tomorrow for Pirates Preview. Craig Riley here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan.